Hey, welcome to the Spring Hills podcast feed. Today, we've got a sermon replay for you. We now put our sermons on the podcast feed, so you can have easy access to it. Uh, you can go to the Spring Hills app under media, and you can find the podcast feed there, uh, so you can listen to the sermons easily while you're driving to work. You can listen to them on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast. We we have our feed up. So uh, the sermons are now available to you on the podcast feed. And then, of course, we talk a lot about the sermons throughout our episodes. So those are always good to, to catch up on. If you missed last weekend at church, you can listen to Pastor Brett's sermon here on the feed and then listen to the following episode of the Spring Hills podcast. So check out this message from this past weekend. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. I'm Brett, pastor here at the church. Uh, It's a good week to be here because this is the beginning of a new series in which we're going to seek to answer the question, Jesus who? Everybody's got an opinion about Jesus, and they'll tell you. You know, hanging out with your friends, I'll tell you what I think about Jesus. Let me tell you what I think. And this time of year, as we approach Easter, which is only five weeks away, can you believe it? As we approach Easter, there will be magazine articles. And on the front of the magazine article, it will say, who is Jesus? 2023, everybody. In every year, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? He has spoken. The word of God is clear who he is. What I want to do in this series is I want to basically tell you who Jesus is in his words. I want to let him just tell you, all right? We, we don't need the pundits, and we don't need more TV shows, and certainly not more magazine articles. We need to let Jesus speak for himself. Would that be all right with you? We just let him speak? All right, that's what we're going to do. So anxious to get into this, and this will take us right into Easter, and I'm going to continue the theme right through Easter. So that's good. So I know where I'm going. That's good for the pastor to know where he's going. All right, so anyways, uh, a week ago Tuesday, I had hip replacement surgery on the left side, and doing well, by the way, doing well. Uh, Needed it. Yes, thank you very much. I did it because I wanted my golf game to improve, (laughs) and I wanted to be able to walk. Um, So anyway, that's happening. But also, so a week ago Tuesday was the hip replacement, Then the day after, Wednesday the 22nd, was my 37th wedding anniversary to my wife. So being the amazing guy that I am, I invited her up to my room at the hospital to celebrate. I called the kitchen. I wanted something special. And I asked them to bring up some food to our room. And they did. They did a great job. Martinelli's. They even had a card from the kitchen staff, all signed, like, happy anniversary and all of that. So we had a great time. Great time. A memorable night celebrating our 36th 
wedding anniversary. Honey, if you're here, I'll make it up to you. But the reason why my eyes look like that is because of oxycodone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but the good news is I'm off of oxycodone. I'm just on Tylenol now. That's it, all right? So we're just making good progress. All right. Is there anything else you want to know? I don't know. Okay. Let's pray as we dive in today. Lord, thank you for this new series about you. Thank you that the word of your word has spoken, you have spoken regarding yourself. We pray to respond to what you say about yourself. To respond in our hearts. To bow the knee in worship of you. Oh, Son of God. Lead us in this whole series. Lead us today. Encourage us. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right, if you have your Bible and you want to follow along and uh, with the sermon today, you can turn to uh, John chapter 8. I'm going to look at <clears throat> verse 12, uh, beginning in verse 12 of John 8 to the end of the chapter with the idea that I do want to answer the question, Jesus who? But I want, I want to just let Jesus say who he is. That, and that's what he does here in this chapter and many other portions in the Bible. Uh, so here's the context. He's up at the temple. He's teaching at the temple. It's by the treasury there. And uh, so people gather around. Every time Jesus shows up, everybody gathers around. They've heard of him. And people are healed, and he teaches, and all this. So this is, um, this is one of those occasions where Jesus is teaching. Uh, there are people that are listening sincerely to what he says, and there are people that believe in him. They come to faith in Christ, which is great. They believe that he really is from God. Then there's the, the, you know, the critics, the religious types, religious leaders, smug people who don't need him, who are jealous of him. And they have a totally different response, and we'll see that here. Whenever Jesus Christ speaks about himself, people respond one of two ways. Either you're going to believe, or you're just going to reject it. All right? It's not really, a, there's no middle ground here. It's, and you'll see that as we go along. When Jesus makes some of the statements he makes about himself, either you believe it, or you think he's nuts. Okay? It's really, look at this first statement. He says to them while he's teaching, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we need this today. We have a dark world. You've been reading the accounts of what happened at Montgomery High School this week and the fight that broke out in an art, art classroom and a boy was killed. Junior high school was killed. You also maybe read this morning, not to discourage anybody here, but... This morning, the guy that was just uh, sitting in his car, I guess, on Santa Rosa Avenue, shooting at people, and finally, it didn't kill anybody, but um, cops came and chased him over into by uh, where the, actually, the Sonoma County offices are, and he, he shot himself. It's just nuts. Kids walking off the campuses at Maria Creo and other, other high schools, walking off the campus, demanding more safety. And it's a dark world. It's a dark world. Satan's at work. Kids are discouraged. Most kids, upwards of 50% of them, high school students, when questioned, would respond, they live in perpetual anxiety. Jesus says to this dark world, this desponding, hopeless world, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You don't have to guess about <clears throat> 
life and direction and truth and the way to go. Jesus Christ will show you. He will show you. His word will instruct you. His word is a lamp to your feet, the scripture says, and a light to your path. What you need is you need the light of life, the light of life, who is Jesus Christ. I'm the light of the world, he said. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. But I, I want to point out to you just this is what he says about himself, all right? Again, Jesus in his own words. This is a pretty bold statement. I, I would challenge you when you go to Trader Joe's today <laughs> that in the middle of one of the aisles at Trader Joe's, you just say in a loud voice where everybody can hear you, I am the light of the world. <laughs> Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, will have the light of life. We got trouble on aisle five. I mean, these are big statements. That's a big statement. He doesn't say, I show, the, I show the way to the light. I am the light. It's not that he says, you know, hey, I got some ideas for you on how to live a better life. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness, he says. You'll have the light of life. The Pharisees, this is the group that now is the, the critics, all right? The Pharisees were the critics. They were the religious establishment of the first century. They were trained in the law. They followed the law of Moses. They were circumcised to keep the law. They had all this training. And they were smug and they were self-righteous. And they basically, for the most part, rejected Jesus Christ because they were jealous of him. Every time Jesus spoke, there was a big crowd. People loved him, loved hearing Jesus teach. and they all. But every time the Pharisees spoke, it was like <sighs> crickets, you know? When the Pharisees taught and had their lessons, everybody was like, this is terrible, this is boring. Jesus taught, miracles happening, man. I mean, it's like... So they were jealous in their heart of him. Plus, in their own self-righteousness, they, didn't, they rejected the idea of a savior and of forgiveness of sins. and They didn't need that. They were too good for that. After all, they, they went to church. Their family went to church. I mean, they, they grew up in church. That's for those people that are really bad. It's not Jesus, the Savior, all that. That's not for us. The Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. The Old Testament law said on the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact will be confirmed. Jesus, you're claiming to be the light of the world, but you don't have any endorsement, so we don't believe you. That's it, you know. It's like, who's backing this? Who's, uh, who's, who's agreeing with you? So you, you can't be true in your statement. And again, they're just sort of playing law games with Jesus right here. And Jesus says, I'm the one who bears witness about myself. And look at this, the Father who sent me bears witness about me. God the Father sent me. He bears witness through the miracles. We'll see in other portions the miracles Jesus performed Everything Jesus said was given to him by the Father in heaven. Try that at Safeway this afternoon. <laughs> the Father sent me. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, and we get scared, you know. This guy's nuts. He's nuts. Father sent me. He endorsed me. He bears witness about me. He said to them, you're from below and I'm from above. You're of this world and I'm not of this world. You know what? Pharisees, religious leaders, let's just, let me just tell you right off the bat, you're of this world. I'm not. I came from heaven. I came from the Father's side. 
But you're of this world, and that's why you don't get it. You, you just think according to the, this world. If you're going to understand spiritual things, heavenly things, you're going to have to know God. You're going to have to have a relationship with God. You're going to have to have the Spirit of God. But you don't get it because you're of this world. You're a worldling. That's all you are. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe... Look at this statement, all right? You want to hear Jesus' in his own words. For unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. I am He, who? The eternal Son, the Messiah, the Christ, the promised one, the one that the prophets talked about, the one the Old Testament talked about. I am He, and if you don't believe it, then you will die in your sins. If you believe it, you have eternal life. Everyone who believes in the Son of God has eternal life. You reject me? Nah, I don't need that. You will die in your sins. Look at that statement. Who is this Jesus anyway? Can, I ask the, can we ask that question? Who is this guy? He's the light of the world. He came from his father. He was sent from God. If you believe in him, you have your sins forgiven. If you don't believe in him, you go to hell, essentially. There's no middle ground, everybody. There's no middle ground. You either hear the revelation of Jesus Christ and bow the knee in worship and submit and find forgiveness in Christ, or you reject it full scale. You reject all of it, and you're lost forever. There's no middle ground. Look at the statements he's making. He who sent me, Jesus says, is with me. God is with me, the one who sent me. He's not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Is there anybody in this room that could make a statement like that? You always do. Always. You always do the things, the things that are pleasing to God. Anybody make a statement? In your mind, in your imagination, in your motives, in your choices, in your decisions, in your character, in your life. You always do the things that please God. Always. Anybody? Jesus is saying, I'm perfect. I'm without sin. Who says things like that? The incarnate Son of God says things like that. And of course, Jesus needed to be perfect in order to be a sacrifice for our sins. Our sins were laid on him at the cross, he paid for our sins. And the only way that that payment would be acceptable is if he was perfect. See, he didn't die because of his own stuff. He died for us. That's, he didn't die for his own sin. He was sinless. I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he was saying these things, many believed in him. So that's what happens. You know, you, you talk about Jesus Christ and people believe and they believe. And it's like they're desperate and they're in darkness and they they. They want the hope of eternal life, and they come to Christ, and it's beautiful. People get baptized, and wow. There are others that don't, but there are those who do. I, um, I said to you, there's no middle ground, and there really isn't. C.S. Lewis is a famous writer. I mean, his writings are you know, up there among the genius writers of writers, C.S. Lewis. And he, but he, um, he was an atheist and he became a Christian at Oxford University. And when he went in, into Oxford, you know, brilliant student as he was, he, uh, 
asked a lot of questions and he met some Christians there uh, who provided from the scriptures really good responses to C.S. Lewis. So long story short, C.S. Lewis becomes a Christian and then he gives his life to Christ and begins to write about it. And he made a statement that I must read. I was going to try to do a sermon without C.S. Lewis's quote, but I can't because it just nails it so much, so well. Uh, he's talking about your response and my response to Jesus. What is your response to him? Some people say Jesus is just, you know, a good moral teacher. Lewis argues with that and says he wasn't a good moral teacher because he said some crazy stuff, man. I mean, like, I can forgive sins. I came from God. God speaks to me. I'm the light of the world. I mean, if he's just a moral teacher and he said this kind of stuff, he's a lunatic. I mean, seriously. He's insane. Like you, if you said these things at Trader Joe's, I mean, you would just take you away. You're nuts. Okay, you need medication. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's either the son of God or he's nuts. You can quote me on that. Not as profound as C.S. Lewis. This is what he says. <laughs> C.S. Lewis says a man who is merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. Get it? So Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, let's have a little Bible study. You who believe now at this temple area, uh, you who believed, he says to them, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. Do right, you want to be a follower now? I mean, you come to Christ and you believe he's your Lord and you begin to follow him as a disciple. Disciple means a learner. And he says you... I want you to abide in my word, and to abide in my word and what, what Jesus says and teaches and all of that, to abide in his word, to follow him. And if you do that, you'll know the truth. And aren't we in a day where people are desperate to know the truth? If you abide in my word, you'll know me, you'll know the truth, and that truth will set you free. Isn't that beautiful? Set you free from what? Set you free from condemnation. Set you free from incessant guilt because Jesus paid for your sins. You'll learn about that when you read the truth of God's word, that he atoned for your sins, that he finished the work of redemption when he rose from the dead at the cross. And so you'll be free. You're free. You're free. You'll also be free knowing that you have the assurance of eternal life and the future, the hope of all of that. So even in dark days, difficult days, you know because of Christ's words and his truth and his resurrection and his person that you have that coming. It's coming. You have something amazing to look forward to, and that gives you joy. Jesus said, the things that I've written to you, this is John chapter 16, I've written that my, my joy might be in you and your joy would be full. When you understand your relationship to God through Jesus Christ, it brings more and more joy and more and more freedom, which brings more and more enthusiasm and worship and all of it. I mean, it's... So to us who are disciples in here, you're a follower of Jesus, 
uh, the exhortation to us, the encouragement to us is to continue in God's word, to continue to learn, to grow and understand so that we know the truth. It shapes us. It, it forms us. We're transformed by the renewal of our mind in the truth. And then there's freedom. There's freedom. And there's joy and service. Now the Pharisees are listening to this. Okay, this is the, the critical group now. Here they chime up. All right, they chime in. And they answered him, we're offspring of Abraham, and uh, we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you'll become free? See this? Just, some believed right now they chime in, and they say, we don't, we don't need this freedom you're talking about. Continue in my word. And you'll be, we don't need that. Because we're Abraham's children, of which they were. Abraham, who was chosen by God, about 2000 B.C., chosen by God, um, sovereignly to follow him. He'd show him a land and he'd make him a great nation. Uh, Abraham believed God and it, he, it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham became the father of Isaac who became the father of Jacob who became the father of the 12 sons from which the whole nation of the Jews came. They're saying, this is what they're saying. You're talking about all this true stuff. You know, you know what? We don't need that because Abraham's our father. I mean, we're like, we're one of his sons. We're Jewish. We're, we're part of the chosen people of God. Abraham's our father, and we've never been enslaved to anybody. So whatever you're talking about, Jesus, we don't need it. Is there anybody here today that would say, I don't need freedom from slavery? I don't need freedom from the slavery of discouragement. I don't, I don't need freedom from the deliverance of sin and of patterns of sin and of hopelessness and hatred and bitterness. I don't, I don't need deliverance from Jesus because, you know what? I'm good. I, I, I feel good about my family line. <laughs> By the way, they're, they're very mistaken in saying they've never been enslaved to anyone. The Jewish people were slaves in Egypt. Moses delivered them. The Jewish people, because of their idolatry, became slaves to the Assyrians, and then after that, slaves to the Babylonians. Slavery's all over their history. What are they talking about? But they, there's always people that are going to argue with Jesus. We don't need what you're saying. That's how I take it. Now, it's very interesting to notice as we go through this chapter how Jesus talks to them. Okay? <laughs> Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave of sin. You're a slave. You don't think you are, but you're a slave to your own sin. You're unregenerate. You, don't, you haven't come into relationship with God by which you would be a new person and have the power of the Holy Spirit to be free from sin. No, you're a natural of this world. You're a slave to your desires, your lusts, your mind. Continue in sin. Whoever practices sin, present tense verb, you continue in it. Whoever continues in it can't get away from it, can't stop it. It's an enslaving power. You want freedom from that? Who can give you that freedom? Only the Son of God, only Jesus Christ. Through his indwelling presence and through the promises that he gives you. But let's be honest here. You don't think you're a slave? You know, I'm talking about these Pharisees now. No, we're not slaves. We're, we're good, man. No, you're a slave. You're a slave to your own sin. I know that you're the offspring of Abraham. Okay, I'll grant you that. You're Jewish. You you're one of the 
sons of Abraham. I'll give that to you. Yet you seek to kill me because of my word find no place in you. Why are you trying to kill me then? What's up with that? He knew they were trying to kill him. The plot to kill Jesus was already unfolding. They were always looking for the right time to arrest him and kill him, but the people loved Jesus too much, and it was too risky. <laughs> they loved him. They would throw all these questions at him to try to trip him up, but they had a plot to kill him, and Jesus exposes it. It says, you want to kill me, but Abraham wasn't like that. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham's our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who's told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You're not truly Abraham's children because Abraham believed God. And if I could just fill in the theological picture here, Jesus is the eternal son of God. Abraham would have embraced him. But you reject him. That's the truth. You don't like what he's saying to you. See, people have two responses to Jesus Christ. They either accept him or they reject him. That's it. In our world today, there are people who believe and worship him as the son of God and find forgiveness in him and the hope of eternal life. There are others that full-scale reject him. Why do they reject him? They don't want the truth. He'll expound on that a little more in a minute. They don't really want the truth. No, they don't want the truth. Jesus says in John 3, they like the darkness. They like their sin. That's, they prefer sin and darkness. They don't want to come out in the light. He's the light of the world. They don't want to come out in the light, have their sins exposed. So what do we do? Try to put out the light then. Kill him. Which they eventually would do. It was all part of God's plan, of course, to atone for our sins and Jesus rise from the dead. Why do you not understand what I say? Is it, is it because you cannot bear to hear my word? You know, why, why do you, you just react, pushing back, why all this pushback, you know? Can you not bear to hear my word? You know who your real father is? not Abraham. No. Look at this verse. How to win friends and influence people. <laughs> You're of your father, the devil. The devil's your father. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in the devil. When the devil lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And that's what you are. You're doing the very same, same thing that your father does. You have murder in your heart. You're liars. You don't want the truth. And that's why you're rejecting me. You're of this world. I'm not of this world. I came from the father to give you a message from God to you and all those who have been called by God, chosen by God, will respond. In this world, <laughs> don't try to be liked by this world, everybody. Let me talk to you as a Christian now. Little, you're a disciple, I'm a disciple. Don't make it your goal to be liked by this world. There are many people in the world that will like you because you're fun, you're fun, you're fun, you're friendly. 
You're, you're, you're a good person. Uh, but, but should you say to your friends uh, who you hang out with the truth about the situation, don't expect them to like it. Oftentimes we, we hang out with our friends and, and, uh, who don't, aren't Christians and we sort of, we kind of flatter them and we're really nice people and that's great. Okay, that's great. But they're on their way to hell. They're captivated by the devil himself. They're enslaved to their own sin. And we kind of flatter them like, hey, you know, hey, you're a good guy and I'm a good guy. We're all good guys. No, no, no. There is salvation in no one else. Jesus says, unless you believe in me, you will die in your sins. Say that to your friend over lunch. Unless you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you will die in your sins. And then watch the reaction. Not so friendly. Awkward. <laughs> this is pretty awkward. You're of your father, the devil, and you're doing the very things that your father does? You're a murderer. You're a liar. You're dead in your sins. Ooh. I thought we're supposed to kind of create a bridge with people and get to know them. <laughs> Whoever's of God, look at this. Whoever's of God hears the words of God. Whoever's of God will get it. They get it. They'll hear them. They'll hear Jesus Christ. They'll respond to him. The reason why you don't hear them is that you are not of God. Whew. You're a good guy, but you're not of God, and you don't know God. The Jews answered him, uh, are we not? <laughs> One of my favorite verses in this whole chapter. This is how they respond to all that. I mean, he's just called the devil. He said, the devil's your father. He said all this stuff to them. They say, uh, they answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? I'm like, what? Where is this coming from? Samaritans were a mixed breed of Assyrian and Jewish. They were the ones that came back from the Assyrian captivity and settled in the middle of the promised land. And so they were half Jewish, half Assyrian, and they were hated by the, Jew, the pure Jews, right? They were hated by them. Uh, we heard you're a Samaritan, man, and then you must have a demon. It's like nobody would say the things you're saying unless you got a demon in you. Which would be, people probably conclude that from you coming out of Trader Joe's. I mean, the guy's got like spiritual stuff going on, man. Got a demon, you know, <laughs> saying this stuff. Crazy. Jesus answered, I don't have a demon. I honor my father and you dishonor me. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Look at that. Look at that. Who in here wants to never see death? Oh, who in here wants eternal life? Uh, who wants to know there's an eternal state in which there's no more tears, no more pain, no more death, no more crying, a new heaven and a new earth? Who wants in on that? Yes, amen. What's the means to it? The Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to it. Forgiveness for sins through him. Believing that he truly is the Son of God. Falling at his knees, at his face, falling before him. I need you. 
He will never see death. I want to, on Easter Sunday, preach on one of the statements of Jesus in John 11. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And he says that right after, or then he goes to raise Lazarus from the dead as an illustration. The Jews said to him, here's more pushback, all right? Pushback, 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 always pushback. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Oh, how do you know that? Well, Abraham died. So did the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps your word, he'll never taste death. All right, well, Abraham died. The prophets died. Did they? Did they? You know what happened to Abraham? His body went into the grave, but his spirit went to be with the Lord. He didn't die. He didn't die in a final sense. When Jesus Christ returns, the second coming, the earthly body that went into the grave will be changed into an eternal body, united with the spirit to be forever in the eternal state. Abraham went to be with the Lord. Moses went to be with the Lord. Their bodies went in the grave. If you were to die as a believer today, you go to be with the Lord. Your body will be transformed later. So, you know, I think about Mark chapter 9, the transfiguration chapter, when Jesus is on the, on the mountain with, with, uh, with Moses and Elijah and Peter, James, and John. Jesus reveals his glory to his disciples, and Moses is there and Elijah is there, and it's an overwhelming scene. Read it, Mark chapter 9. Uh, the gospel writers record it. John talks about it in 1 John chapter 1. He describes it. We saw him. We saw his glory. So the point is, they're saying to him, you can't be the one who gives life and you can live forever because Abraham died. Your father Abraham, Jesus says, rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it. Abraham saw it. Abraham's witnessing Christ being on the earth. Abraham's seeing it all. So is Moses. So are the, so are the prophets. And then look at this. <laughs> The Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham? What's up with that? Abraham is 2000 BC. Here we are 33 AD. You're, you're only 30 years, 32 or 3, whatever he was. You're, you're, not, you're not even 50. How, how can you say you saw Abraham? And here's the statement now. You just, this is the blow your mind statement. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Look at that. It's like me saying to you, before George Washington was, I exist. And you're going, weird, man. <laughs> before George Washington, I am. Before Abraham, I existed. What is he saying? He's the eternal one. The eternal one who was with the Father and the Spirit. Father, Son, and Spirit. The eternal Son came into the world. That's, whew. So they picked up stones to kill him. <laughs> they couldn't handle that one. And, you know, blasphemy was in the law was a reason why you could stone somebody. He's blaspheming. He's claiming to be God. You get it. This is only everybody. This is only half of one chapter. We got another five weeks to go. Can you handle all this? I'm just going to do this every week at you. That's, I'm just going to let Jesus talk about himself. I want to move on to the statements, really. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And here, I'm just, I just went back through verses 12 to the end and just, you know, light of the world. Said God the Father sent him. Said God the 
Father bears witness to him that he came from above, that you will die in your sins unless you believe in him. Just the things he said. God the Father taught me what to say. I always do what pleases God. I, I can set you free. God is my Father. I am without sin. I am eternal. I'll go back because I know some of you want to get this. And um, that's the first group. Let me, let me say this to you, Christian. There's a lot of stresses in life. Some of you are single parents trying to raise kids in this crazy world. and You don't know what to do, you know? You don't know what to do. You don't know. Say yes, say no. Lay the law down. Um, let them learn. You know, you just, you feel all this pressure. Grandparents to help kids. Listen, Jesus, if you're a Christian, you know him. He's in you. He's the light of the world. He gives you understanding of the path you should take. You'll have the light. That's the idea. He'll give it to you. He gives you wisdom. He gives you wisdom to be discerning. And so each day you begin and you say, oh Lord, would you give me insight and understanding? He says, continue in my word and you'll know the truth. Give me, give me this so I know what to say and what to do. Lord, help me. You're with me always. Yeah, you're not alone. Businessmen trying to do your business at work and trying to do your thing at work and there's <clears throat> always, you know, the pressures of employees and found out somebody's suing you. You know, and you got to go through all that. And, and you're just, you'll feel burdened beyond burdens. The eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ, has power, omnipotent power as the eternal Son to strengthen you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so you approach your day and you just go, okay, this, this business that you've called me to is yours, Lord, and I'm, I'm going to trust your power. So that I don't, it doesn't crash in on me, but I'm able to continue to be a witness for you there. And when I need light and I need understanding, you'll provide the light and understanding I need, right? See, this, the practical part of this is who's with us, who's in the church. I mean, it's going to lead the church forward. It's going to be the son, eternal son who's among us. I love that. Jesus said, go into all the world and teach, preach the gospel, and I'm with you to the end of the age. There's no way I would show up if I didn't count on that promise. But you can, you can show up too, whether it's the person you need to talk to that's a difficult conversation or a place that you feel you need to enter in in some kind of, you know, as a change type person or a help person. You can enter. Christ is with you. Here are the others. go to prayer right now and I want you just in prayer just you and God I want you to pray now just respond to this you respond to God right now in any way you want to given what we've talked about today just in this chapter alone just you respond to him what do you want to say to him what do you want to say to him what fears do you want to bring to him what confusion do you want to bring to him? What weakness do you want to bring to him? He loves you so much. If you're here today and you're not sure you are a Christian and you really don't, you're really not sure, then I'm going to invite you all through this series to come to that place where you say, I believe. 
I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came from heaven. And I also believe you died for my sins and can free me from the slavery of sin. I'm in. Jesus, take my life. Anybody here? Is that you today? I believe. I believe. And oh God, from the depth of our heart, we worship you. We fall at your feet. Eternal one, son of God, who gave your life for us, we pray in his name. Amen.